We, uh, uh, I was thinking about, like, <laughs> I was writing down all of those worship songs. I, I could have used them in this message today. And I was trying to, I went backstage and go, hey, how does that first song go again? Because I'm tone deaf. And, uh, uh, but it, they were all so cool, uh, wonderful, not cool, wonderful. <laughs> I am trying to get, I'm trying to figure out where to start. So you remember me talking last week about, um, the friend of ours that had the dream about her father. And uh, <clears throat> so she had, so I, I, I should, that was an unfair question to ask. <laughs> people go, mm-hmm. and then other people are looking at me like, I don't even know what he's talking about. So you, you gotta understand, here's what's, here's what's going on in my head. So in my head, I, the definition of a bore, someone who's boring is someone who makes their point over and over and over. <laughs> Pretty sure it's in the dictionary. Um, <clears throat> So I, so for the sake of not wanting to bore you, but at the other, on the other end of the spectrum is, is it takes the average person 7.87 something times to hear something before they retain it. So you've got these two cats in here fighting. And uh, so I think I'll come about midway and say it five times. But, but so the, the dream was... Um, the lady, uh, her father had passed, the dream was, she, their father passed away in real life. She had a dream a few weeks after he had passed and that he called her on the phone. So she's back at the house that she grew up in and she goes and answers the phone and it's her dad. And so she knows in the dream that he's already passed on and yet she doesn't want to lose this moment of talking to her dad. So she's having a conversation with him and typically, typical as you would, or I would, you would say, how are you doing? And so she said, how are you doing? And he didn't answer. So he went on talking, she was asking, talking about other stuff and, and then, but that bothered her. So she goes back to, hey dad, how are you doing? I was, I was asking, you didn't answer me. And he says, well, I understand. He says, you need to understand that where I am, there are no self-referential terms. In other words, they are so caught up with seeing him who sits on the throne that there is no time to even be self-absorbent or even consider oneself. Now that's an attention getter. In other words, what is happening around the throne has got everyone's sole attention. So much so, they are not even paying any attention to themselves. Now, you go, look at me, is that scriptural? Is that, I, I, I don't know, but it kind of makes sense if you read Revelation, if you read Ezekiel, if you read Daniel, uh, there's a lot happening. Like the, the angels, they're, they're stuck on one song. You know, it's, it's just a one repeat and so, you know, you ask the question, why, are they singing that out of duty or are they singing that out of pure revelation? It's the latter. Pure revelation. They come up for air. They say, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. And then they get another revelation of who he is. They go back under, they come back up. <sighs> holy, holy, holy is the Lord. And they've been doing this for no telling how long. So what is happening at the throne, what is happening with God is so consuming that um, 
And so I, that, that's, that's what we're going to be looking towards is, is what's happening, not just what's happening. So let me tell you this too. Let, I want to, so I told you I've got those two things that are going on. There's this not, not wanting to be a bore and people going, oh, I've already heard that and check out. That's what that means. Say, oh yeah, I've, I've already seen, and they check out. I don't want that to happen. Stay in it. Um, this thing up here that we call our brain, it's, it's a supercomputer and it's, it's awesome. Sometimes it runs really fast and it outruns revelation. Revelation actually hits you in your spirit. It's not stored in your mind. When the revelation is stored in your mind, it's because it's already passed through your spirit. But the revelation doesn't pass from revelation to your mind and then to your spirit. It's, it's just the reverse. It goes through your spirit, then back up through your mind. So sometimes I have to pull the, pull the reins on this horse called my mind and go, whoa, and, and cause myself to slow down and deliberately read or deliberately look up what does he mean by, you know, blue? Was it a light blue? Is it a dark blue? Is it, you know, just, but I have to, and so, so we're going to, the, the reason that I'm starting there is because some of what I'm going to talk about appears to be repetitive. It's absolutely not repetitive. It is actually, actually uh, life-giving. It, it, there's living understanding in what we're going to be looking at. Do you know that the Word of God is living? It's living, but it's not just sitting there just with a pulse. It's active. It's moving. And so if we read the Bible as just a book or a history book, it doesn't have that effect on, it, on us at all. So when I read the Bible... With that, I'm reading to get information. Information does not bring transformation. Revelation brings transformation. So I can read the Bible as a book and only get, it, only get information, or I can slow down and read it and allow the revelation that's on the Word to impact my spirit and thus bring about transformation. A lot of us have gone to church and we just, we didn't know any better, but we are reading the Bible. We are doing church out of an information type of mindset, which God bless us, me, all, all of, I mean, it's great. There were, there were things that were, that were, you know, I learned there, there were structures, there were, there were definitions that I learned, but I got bored with the information because I'm looking for transformation. And the transformation that I'm talking about, it comes through the life that's on the word, the life that's on the spirit. It's the life. It's the living understanding. Okay, so that's why we're doing this. And that's why I'm setting this up because for some of you, I know you. Some of you, I don't know you. But I'm just saying, allow me to go at the pace that I felt like the Lord is wanting to set on this thing and just sit back and relax and uh, allow the Holy Spirit to begin to illuminate us, illuminate your mind, open up your mind, open up our hearts, open up our spirits, open up the, the passion that's locked. Someone said something the other day and that worship is actually a response to what you've already seen. So worship is not singing to him. It's actually, it's a response to what we've already seen of him. 
And so it's like, so it is imperative that we get a good look at him. And uh, so anyway, okay. So I'm going to start. Oh, look, I've got a clicker. Check this out. Yeah. Yeah. I always want to be a weatherman. And uh, so if you have your Bibles, Revelation chapter one, we're going to look at the first verse. And the reason I'm reading the first verse is because the life that is on this verse actually sets up, it's going to set, it's going to calibrate our spirits to go hopefully where I'm wanting to go. So let's do this. So she that was Christine. So, so, so Father, Lord, I, I just call our spirits to the front in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, to receive everything that we're to receive. In the name of Jesus, I ask, Lord, I ask, Lord, for a grace that we would be able to hear it, this through our spirit man, Lord, <clears throat> the, the, the regenerated man, but also, Lord, that it would be transferred and trickle over into our soul and cause a transformation to happen in our soul and our bodies, in Jesus' name, amen. Revelation 1, verse 1, says this, the revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave him to show to his bondservants the things which must soon take place. And he sent and communicated it by his angel to his bondservant, John. So the opening line about the book of Revelation is God is saying, this revelation of Jesus Christ is not a revelation of the things to come. This is a revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave him. Who? Jesus. God gave Jesus this gift, this revelation concerning himself to give to his bondservants or his disciples or usans to give to us. Why? Because we can't get it on our own. You can't get to God. God has to come to you first. We don't, nobody wakes up with this revelation about Jesus or something significant. Oh, no, no, no. It, it's, it's the kiss from heaven that has illuminated or opened up your mind or caused you to think about him. So God gave him to show his disciples the things that must, that must soon take place. And he sent and communicated this gift, this revelation. He communicated it to John, but he didn't communicate it through a dream or it was a vision. But the vision happened, according to this verse, through an angel. Yeah. I have no idea how that happens. I have, I have no idea. I, I don't even want to speculate. Just, oh, Wow. <laughs> But it wouldn't have happened unless the angel had come and given him this revelation. So, so all that to say is this book that we're about to read into, it's a really important book. It's a heavenly book. And it takes a heavenly revelation for us to get it here on earth. Verse 3, blessed is he who reads and those who hear the words of this prophecy and keep those things which are written in it for the time is near. So again, the reason that I'm setting this course or setting it up like this is because Scripture says, Scripture, which is living and active, and we believe it, says that when you and I are engaging over what we're going to, or looking at what we're going to be looking at, there is a blessing that comes to you. 
there's a blessing that comes to me. There's a blessing in this. We walk away with this blessing. Awesome. How many people want a blessing? All right, the rest of you, it's okay, I'll take yours. Okay, Revelation, there we go. So that's the premise. So here we go. We're going to launch back into Revelation 4. Revelation 4, verse 1. And again, my purpose, reason, is not to go back for the sake of repetitiveness or redundancy. It's because there's, a, there's living understanding on what we're going to look at. And as we are looking at where we, what we looked at last week, we're going to, I'm going to launch us into where we're going this week. So Revelation chapter uh, four, verse one, John says, after these things, I look, the things he's talking about, remember, was the, 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 the messages to the seven churches in Revelation two and three. So, and after him seeing Jesus walking among the lampstands and it had a voice like a trumpet and a sharp two-edged sword came, came out of his mouth. After those things, he said, after these things, I looked and behold, a door. It's like, now I've never said, oh, wow. I've never gone, whoa, a door. But John's going, whoa, a door. After these things, whoa, a door. Standing open in heaven, and the first voice which I'd heard, like a trumpet speaking with me, said, come up here, I will show you things that must take, that must take, that must take place after this. So it's, boom, oh, a door. He's up there immediately. There was no transference. There was no time. There was no, uh, there, there was no plane he had to catch. It was like, bang, he was there. He's like, immediately I was in the spirit and behold, a throne. And one set in heaven and one who sat on the throne. It's like, whoa. Said, I was there. Behold a door. Behold a throne. And what I talked about last week is that the reason that I have the, the throne capitalized and underlined is because I want you to see how many times John refers to the throne in this chapter. It was the throne that got him. It was the throne that he keeps getting pulled back to. It was the throne. The, all the other stuff that happens, those were all kind of byproducts, so to speak. Not really byproducts. It, 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 they were... They were in their own right, but what they were own, they're in their own right revelatory, but what got his attention was, was there's this, he kept getting pulled back to the throne. One that sat on the throne. So then he goes in. The one who sat there was like Jasper and Sardius. It was like, some of your uh, translations says, like a crystal. It was like a crystal, shiny, like a diamond, and, and red, like a ruby. And this one that sat, the one that sat on the throne, he, he, he looked like this. Uh, he had an appearance like, and, and a rainbow was around the throne. So we're going to look at that. Well, we'll go ahead and look at it right now. So there's a rainbow around the throne. So John is like, oh, a door. Oh, a throne. Oh, there's one sitting on the throne. He looks like this. There's a rainbow over the throne. So the whole thing is he's, he's locked in, just, just keep, keeps looking at the, at the throne. And when he looks up, oh, there's a rainbow. And then he comes back to the throne. Everything, the, the throne has his all-encompassing attention. Something, his spirit man is going berserk right now because he's seeing something in heaven. He's like, oh, I would have never imagined that. Like when I think of heaven, you hear people talk about heaven. Oh, I can't wait to get up there and walk on the streets of gold. And we'll, you know, it's like, oh, no, no, no. There, there won't be any of that. There, you'll be locked in to Jesus and his glory for about a million years before you come up and go, hey, where's Bob? <laughs> so 
John is having this kind of a experience. And so he's like, this, the throne, and then there's a, a rainbow that's around the throne. And it's not just a rainbow with seven different colors. No, no, no. This is an emerald color rainbow. And, and scholars don't know if he meant a vertical rainbow or a horizontal rainbow. Doesn't matter. Sit with this verse and just imagine it. And begin to talk to the one sitting on the throne as you're thinking about this verse. Interact with him. It's opened up. It's an invitation. Begin to talk to him. Hey, you who's seated up there around the Emerald Throne. I don't even know what that looks like. Begin to engage with that. But so the symbolism is that number one, it's a rainbow. A rainbow speaks in the Bible of a covenant that God made with mankind. And and the covenant was he would never destroy the earth again with a flood. That was the covenant. So the rainbow has a covenantal symbolism. So God is the one who's sitting up here is saying, I am in covenant with mankind, but it's the color green. And so we have to look at what green is. Green is symbolic of grace and mercy and hope. So he is saying, in essence, I am in covenant. Everything that proceeds out of my throne passes through mercy and grace before it's before it lands as to where it, before it, before it, it goes. Through, I direct it through before it, I direct it to you. It's going through grace and mercy first. The reason that I'm going so slow is because these are not sentences that we just jump on going, oh, got it. Okay, grace and mercy, I'm with you. Green, grace and mercy, I got it, hope. <laughs> now this is living understanding. There is a throne right now and I am describing what is happening right now. So, the rainbow around the throne was like an emerald. And around the throne were 24 thrones. And on those thrones, I saw 24 elders clothed in white robes and they had crowns of gold on their head. So John again is looking at this rainbow. He goes back to the throne and then he kind of pans out a little bit and goes, oh, there's 24 other thrones. So there's 24 other thrones that are around this throne. And so he's still, still panning out. And from the throne, this throne proceed lightnings and thunderings and voices. I, I don't even I don't wonder, I don't even know what that is. I know what lightning is. I know what thunderings are. And so I'm imagining this one who is crystal color with red somehow mixed in with this beautiful green rainbow or halo that's over him, and he's sitting there on this chair or throne that's hooked up to some sort of a battery case or battery pack. And it's shooting all sorts of stuff out. And it's, but it's loud. And then in front of this throne, John notices there are seven, there, there, there are lamps of fire, seven lamps of fire, which were burning before the throne, which are the seven spirits of God. And I begin to wonder, what does that look like? Is that like a big lighter? Is that a, oh, no, 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 no. These are roaring. 
seven of them. So you've got the happening and the lightnings and voices. All happening. I'm going to tell you that you would be, not going to go there. But it's like, what, what is happening? These are the seven spirits of God. Before the throne, there was a sea of glass like crystal. So out on, in this way, before the throne, there's a sea of glass like crystal. And in the midst of the throne, I don't know what that means, and around the throne, there are four living creatures full of eyes in front and back. Basically, that what symbolizes they see everything. They see into the future and they see back into the past. There's nothing that escapes their notice. The four living creatures with six wings are full of eyes. They do not rest day or night saying, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. They see this. This is not, they're not on repeat. This is not autoplay. This is, they are seeing something that, they, that all they can do is respond and go, holy, 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 which doesn't mean purity, purity, purity. It means completely other than completely uncreated. No, there's no description. There's no word to describe who this is, what this is. All we can say is it's holy, completely other than. That's why uh, uh, when uh, 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 the Lord, when, when Moses and Aaron, they struck the rock and the Lord said, well, you know what? I just voted you off the island because you, you can't go across the, uh, the Jordan because you, you, you didn't treat me as holy. Always thought he was upset because Moses had a temper tantrum. It's like, man, don't get mad at God because you're not going across. No, he was saying, no, no, you didn't treat me as holy. You treated me like everybody else. That's what I'm wanting. I want you to see me. I'm completely other than. So they are responding going, he's completely other than, completely other than, completely other than. Transcend it in his majesty. Transcend it. You cannot, there's no way to describe it. You can't even get there. It's just pure revelation. Whenever the living creatures give glory and honor and thanks to him who sits on the throne, he's still riveted back to the throne. Could get off and talk about, you know, what he looks like, red, sardius, that sort of thing, the, the, the noise. It always goes, well, that wasn't, that wasn't good at all. At all. <laughs> goes back to the throne. Thing we're social distancing. <laughs> who sits on the throne, who lives forever and ever. The 24 elders, they fall down before him who sits on the throne and worship him who lives forever and ever and cast their crowns before the throne. Saying, you are worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power for you created all things and by your will they exist and were created. Can I just tell you that right there? You wanna slow down and read a verse, read that one right there. Go home today, read that one. And begin to unpack, begin to unpack, by your will they exist. There's no such thing as coincidence with God. By your will, they exist. 
and were created. Now for us, in my, or me, in my little finite brain, I'm like, oh, okay, yeah. Birds, bees, cats, yeah. But if you take that and expand it out, expound on it, everything, oxygen, nitrogen, water, the lemur, the ring-tailed lemur, the kangaroo, the anteater, the amoeba, the paramecium, the I'm just up the fig tree, squash, beets. Help me, okra. Keep going. The killer whale. Everything. Everything in the ocean, under the in, in the water. The largemouth bass. The snap. The snapping turtle. The earthworm. The dung beetle. Everything has been created by his will. They exist and they were created. That is a one loaded sentence. One loaded sentence. We had gone over last, so, so let me just say this. Did I hit it twice? Yeah, I want to go back to here, Yeah. By your will, they exist and were created. So what we're seeing is so far right now from this throne, this throne is central to everything that was created. Everything that was created came from the one who's seated on this throne. But this is more than a chair. This represents a whole lot more than just a chair. He's not tired. So, from this throne, from this throne, all the decrees go out across the earth. Now we can turn to 1 uh, Kings 22. <clears throat> what is happening in 1 Kings? Look up 1 Kings. Don't, don't read mine. Look up 1 Kings. 1 Kings, uh, you've got Ahab and Jehoshaphat, who were two kings. They were going to come together to go to war against uh, uh, an enemy, and they wanted to know a word from the Lord, are we going to succeed? So, so Jehoshaphat said, do you not have any prophets around here? And he said, well, I got this one guy, but he never says anything good about me. And Jehoshaphat thought, that's a weird thing to say. Go get him. You know, who cares? <laughs> get over that. This, our lives are at stake. So uh, he calls in Micaiah. Micaiah, we, we're gonna, we want to go to war. You know, and Micaiah at first sarcastically said, oh yeah, yeah, you'll win. Just go ahead. You'll annihilate him. And, he, and Ahab said, hey, I told you every time that I ask you to hear from the Lord, tell me the truth. He said, oh, okay, you want the truth? Here's the truth. Listen to what the Lord says. I saw the Lord sitting on his throne with all the armies of heaven around him on his right and on his left. And the Lord said, who can entice Ahab to go into battle against Ramoth Gilead so he can be killed? There were many suggestions, and finally a spirit approached the Lord and said, I can do it. How will you do this, the Lord said. Uh, uh, and the spirit replied, I will go out and inspire all of Ahab's prophets to speak lies. You will succeed. And the Lord said, go ahead and do it. And it happened. What I want you to see 
is the conspiring or the toppling of that king didn't happen until it first passed through this throne. Everything that happened on earth first passed through the heavenlies, this throne. So this throne is the seat, if you would, it's, it's the centerpiece of the universe. There is nothing that was made, that was created, that exists apart, outside of, of him not doing it. Nothing. In the unseen world, in the seen world. The principalities, the demonic, the angels, everything, everything was created by him. For his will, they exist and were created. Okay. Let's see what my... Daniel, turn to the book of Daniel, Daniel chapter seven. Daniel has a similar revelation of this throne. Daniel seven, verse nine. says, I watched as thrones were put in place and the ancient one or the ancient of days sat down to judge. His clothing was as white as snow. His hair was like purest wool. He sat on a fiery throne with wheels of blazing fire. So Daniel has a different look at the throne, similar throne, same, not similar, same throne. It's a different look. He's responding out of what he sees. So he says, I watched as the thrones were put into place and the ancient one sat down to do what? To judge. So this throne is the center centerpiece of everything, of all authority, everything that was created doesn't exist apart from this throne. And now we see Daniel going, oh, he's seated there for a purpose and the purpose is to judge. He sat on a fiery throne, throne with wheels of blazing fire and a river of fire was pouring out, flowing from his presence. So now you got lightning, thunder, and now this river, a lava coming out from, from this, this one who is seated on this fiery throne. Millions of angels ministered to him. Many millions stood to attend him. Then the court began its session and the books were opened. Yeah. This is one of those verses where you get, ooh. And that, ooh, is what's called the fear of the Lord. So, here we see this one that John's talking about. Daniel had a similar revelation of who he is. The throne was for the purpose of judging. We're gonna look at that in just a minute. But he's trying to describe, there are millions of angels all around attending him. Someone said that um, <clears throat> they, they had been, I went to someone that was caught up and said it looked like a beehive. If you can imagine a beehive, so with, with, with bees, just look like it's in total chaos, but everything's ordered, everything's in order, and everything's in harmony. It looks like that. What was that song that I was asking you about? What's that? Come and behold. And wait, just a second. So as you're picturing this, as you're, I, 
I was thinking during worship, all the angels cry out, holy is the Lord God. And all the earth responds, holy are you. All the angels cry out, holy is the Lord God. All the earth responds, holy are you. I'm really not trying to string this out. I'm really doing this on purpose. Your throne, O Lord, has stood from time immemorial. You yourself are from ever the everlasting past. It's like, how do you, you can't describe it other than to say your, your throne, O Lord, has stood, has stood. It's immovable. The throne is immovable. Your royal laws cannot be changed. You reign, O Lord. Your reign, O Lord, is holy and forever. Heaven and earth may pass away. Throne's not going anywhere. What's been set in place from eternity past still is in place today. The same values that he had then are the same values that he has now. The Lord has made the heavens his throne and from there he rules over everything, everything. We don't know, we're not familiar with this kind of a government. We have a president, but the president doesn't really rule because we've got Congress and you got the Senate and then you got all this other. This is, this is not a dictatorship. This is an absolute kingship. Absolute kingship. And this throne, righteousness and justice are the foundation of your throne. Unfailing love and truth walk before you as attendants. The foundation of the throne is righteousness and justice. This throne is set. It's set on the government of God, which ensures that righteousness and justice are being administered. It's the administration of justice and righteousness. It makes sure that those who are guilty are not left unpunished. It makes sure that those who are deprived are paid or are, are restored or, or the, 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 let me say it like this, the orphan and the widow are provided for through the justice. It's going to happen. Nothing, nothing can topple this. Nothing, nothing can topple it. It has stood through time, through time, eternity past, it stood. Righteousness and justice. The administration of righteousness and the administration of justice. The rewards and the punishments. Psalms 45 says, your throne is the very throne of God. Your kingdom will last forever and ever. You will rule by treating everyone fairly. 
righteousness and justice, treating everyone fairly. The fairness, just so you know, is according to his definition of fairness. In the kingdom, in, in his kingdom, in his holy rule book, so to speak. But righteousness and just, you treat everyone fairly. So the expanse of his throne and his kingdom is immeasurable. It's immense. This one that's seated on the throne is there to rule and govern and maintain justice and righteousness in his kingdom. The earth is the Lord's and everything it contains. Another verse, I love this verse. It says, he sat on the throne during the flood. Which the hardest thing that you and I will ever go through, it's not that he's indifferent, he's totally got it. Talking about this throne, I, in Proverbs it says, it is an abomination for kings to commit wickedness for a throne is established by righteousness. This throne has been established for from old. There's no wickedness in this throne. There's no hint of, there's no hint of it. The throne, a throne does not stand if there's wickedness is what this is saying. Hurry up. In Job, turn to Job, look at this. Job is the book right before Psalms. So you've got, you've got the throne, you've got the one seated on the throne, you've got the 24 elders, you've got the millions of angels, you've got the other millions of people who are, who are standing there to attend to him. Righteousness and justice are the foundation of your throne. And then Job, Job, in the book of Job, we see another picture of what's happening around the throne. It says, one day, in verse six, the members of the heavenly court, which it says, it should say the sons of God or the angels, came to present themselves before the Lord. The reason they came to present themselves before the Lord is that each one is given an accountability or accounting for their ministry within his universe. They came to present themselves before the Lord and the accuser, Satan, came with them. Let's stop right there. The accuser, Satan. So Satan in the Hebrew means one who lies in wait. As like a lion. One who lies in wait. The accuser, or you can liken it to an adversary in a court of law. So the accuser, Satan, comes with them. Where have you come from? The Lord asked Satan. Satan answered, I've been patrolling the earth, watching everything that's going on. Why? I don't think he needs any help. We just saw this picture of what's happening. Why would you need to think, why would you think that you needed to patrol the earth to watch everything that's going on. To make sure Satan 
is making sure that the justice and the righteousness in God's law is being administered. And it's being, he's making sure it's administered on all who are guilty. And all who are guilty is all of us who is in this room. We are all guilty. He is making sure that the, the very standards, the very law, the very government that he has set up, that God has set up, he is making sure that he is administering the justice where it needs to be administered. That's why he's called the accuser. So it's almost like we've, we've got a courtroom that's here. We've got a, a judge. We've got God who's seated on the throne and his purpose is to judge. Now we see come forward the accuser, the prosecutor. The prosecutor's been He's been on the earth, patrolling the earth. Why? Just to make sure you're doing everything like you said you were. Make sure that God's doing his job, so to speak. And he's there to accuse those who disobey God's law. And you know what? He's got us, he's got us, he's got us dead right. He's absolutely right. He's, he's, he's so good. And he's also there to make sure that the punishment according to God's justice is upheld and enforced. That's why he's here. That's what he's been doing. So, before we end this thing, so we've got the court system set up. There's a judge, there's a prosecutor, but we need some help. First John 2.1 says, my little children, these things are right to you so that you may not sin and come under the accusation of this adversary. But if anyone sins, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous. Yes. And this advocate has a direct connection with that judge. That's my dad. So where we will leave off this week is you've got God the Father, the accuser of the brethren, and we've got this advocate. And guys, oh, pray for me. Because I, no, seriously, because I hope I can, I'm, I'm going to be able to articulate and unpack in a coherent way what Jesus has done. It's, it's amazing. It is, oh, so. Shannon, can you do it? Can you do it? So I, I had asked um, Chelsea, I said, Chelsea, could we just do that one chorus uh, you know, here we are, we're, we've beheld him. So our response would be to worship him. So can you just lead us in that course and which one? I don't, whatever, you just go, it's fine. <laughs>
this throne for grace and mercy in time of need. We are here because of your will, because of what you created for us. Lord, I ask that as we are going through this, that I pray that the voice of the advocate would get louder and louder and louder and the voice of the accuser would get smaller and smaller and smaller. I ask, Lord, that you would write in our head, that you would tip the scales on the difference between light and darkness. God, holiness and sin, forgiveness and mercy and sin, that you would write these. I ask, Lord, that that we would be able to recognize the voice of the accuser when it sounds like us. And that we would, we would, you would give us tools to stop that voice, to shut that voice out, and to be able to hear the voice of the advocate. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Let, Lord, all of your goodness, all of your mercy, all of your kindness come to us, Lord. Ask, Lord, that you would rip out the rearview mirror that's in our mind. We're constantly looking back on the things that we've messed up or we've done or we failed or what. Rip that out. Only goodness and only mercy will follow you all the days of your life. And we will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. So that's really unfair for me to do that to, to Shannon. So, because it's, it's, I don't know what it feels like out there, but up here it is really thick. But where she's going to read off some, just stay right where you are.
stay right. So here, here's where I'm, I'm seeing the church or us going, us, the church. I can speak for us. I can't speak for the church. But where we're going is, is that when the Holy Spirit hits, he's gonna do several things all at once. There'll be people being, uh, repenting, being reconciled, getting saved, getting healed all at the same time. It really is. It's not, I mean, I'm not, dis, I'm not discounting or poo-pooing the order that we're doing right now. Not, but, but this mindset that we have, we need to stay engaged regardless of what's going on up here on stage. Stay engaged with what the Holy Spirit is doing. Because so oftentimes we check out of here and go back up to here. It's like, oh, no, no. We can train ourselves to be totally engaged with what he's doing and still listening to what's happening. 